Horizonto. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Checkpoint Amigos. It is your boy Sancho West alongside Santi in the house. Santi, how are you doing today? Dude, it's like, I feel like it's the eve of when video game schedules start to get rough. The end of August, we're in that back half and it's going to get oh, yeah. to the point where we gonna, we're not going to have time to breathe with how no. many games are coming out. So much so that even Starfield is trying to find a, a little bit of breathing room by, uh, by leaving the traditional September area and coming out in August. But it is wild to see that even October is stacked. For those of you who just know, today at the time of this recording, literally like 30 minutes ago, Gamescom just went off. I, I tried to take a peruse, Santi, of what was going down. I, I didn't see anything special. Um, they had um, Modern Warfare 3 was kind of like shown a little bit more. Like We've all seen all those kind of start missions for cinematic. The exciting thing about Modern Warfare 3, if you're a Modern Warfare fan, is that it's going to pick up right after Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. So that's very exciting to see that's the direct sequel to that. But man, I don't understand these Modern Warfare showcase cinematic things. And it's always so dark. It's so shadowy. They have to have night vision. They have to have these like long drawn out stealth missions. Like I enjoyed, you know, even though the game didn't do so well sales wise or just in terms of the lexicon of Modern Warfare, Cold War's kind of presentation, that was kind of cool. You had the mixture of the Vietnam and the Cold War yeah. type of music. Like I always enjoyed the Black Ops type of games because they have a little bit more style to them. But it's another Modern Warfare showing out for Gamescom. But I'll, I'll take a double look chat in terms of you out there and see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, episode six, we have a lot to cover today. And Santi, you nailed it. It's only to get more difficult. But the exciting thing is, Santi, is... I think we're being very responsible podcast shows when it comes to video games. We're actually playing some games outside of our realm. Uh, what games have you been playing lately, Santi? Uh, so you know from last week's episode that I've been playing Baldur's Gate three, but in my and that's outside of my realm. Uh, but in my realm is the new Madden. So I have been playing uh, the new Madden. And I know you've been playing that as well. Yeah, I'm at twenty four. I have, and I I've been have. staying away from Madden Ultimate Team. Still haven't opened it. Okay, All right, they keep. Yeah, they keep giving me these uh, these packs. notifications. Uh, hey, here's your free pack. Hey, the first one's on the house, kid. First one's free. And then they hook you. And then next thing you know, you're pouring in your rent money to get a new version of uh, Cordero Patterson to get the best pun returner. It happens, man. This is the thing that Madden does to you. Someone was asking me when I was streaming, and it was like, Sancho, I didn't know you were a Madden guy. And I'm like, bro, I love Madden. Madden's like within my wheelhouse. It's like... It's, hey, football season's around the corner. My team has a fresh new roster. I gotta dive in Madden just to see how it goes, just to get an idea how they'll play, like who's missing, who's there, who's the backup, so I can familiarize myself with my team. I, I don't really play anything beyond online head-to-head. -head. I tried mm -hmm. to get into Mutt. I tried to get into the drafting where you kind of online draft and then you go in throughout like a quick little season or something like a gauntlet. It Try doesn't work, Sancho, unless you do it with people you know. Because yeah. people will drop off. Well, at the same time, what ends up happening is I feel like you run into the same team makeup when you just play online rosters. Uh, granted, it's the same thing for online head-to-head, -head, but there's something special to me when you're overcoming Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And just to make clear, I am playing Madden 2024. I dove into it for a couple of hours, uh, considering that it just released a few days ago. I... For me, I think I see that there's a little bit more refinement in the passing game. Um, there are a little bit things that are still Madden-y within terms of in animations, but I feel that blocking is better, run blocking. It just feels a little bit better, and the animation is a little bit better. 
I didn't really get into the new passing mechanic that they have that allows you more precision passing. I just went with the old school button press, uh, and then like move the joystick and hold longer to throw it faster. I it, it looks great. It plays great. Uh, it's just gonna be one of those things. Like if I want to play Santi online head to head, I just dive into it. But I, I don't see myself getting even deeper to it. I know there's a three v three superstar mode that's supposed to be like NFL Blitz. I know there's a new franchise kind of thing and or make your own player. They're like that's always the thing, Santi, with sports games. There's some new things, but at its core, it's just Madden again. Which is Yeah, good. like I think if if you are a Madden guy, this is the game that you play for the entire year. And I think you're gonna enjoy it because it it, it is Still the same formula that you know and you love, oh. right? It's got the mutt. It's got online head-to-head, franchise, online franchise, superstar mode. Uh, so if it is the game that you play, like your identity is you are a Madden player, then, you know, if you like the previous iterations, there's no reason as to why you wouldn't like this. Yep. For me, like I'm, I'm casual, 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 where I will probably play this for a couple of hours a night for the first couple of weeks. And then I'm going to drop off to the point where I might play a game of head to head before NFL Sunday, yep. maybe a game at in, in NFL Sunday night, halftime and same with Monday night football halftime. I can sneak in a oh, game man. here or there. That, I think that's going to be me. I will say you, you, you made me laugh when you said, you know, you run into the same makeup of teams in online head to head. Here's the thing. If I run into, into you and you're playing the chiefs, I know you suck. I'm, I'm beating you but if you if dude if if i'm playing somebody and then they pick the washington redskins yeah I'm, okay it's on i this guy has to be good this guy has to be yeah. good if he's playing as like his the the team of his heart and he doesn't care how bad his team is and he's taking them to online head-to-head this guy has to be good i still remember i got to- i'm pretty good at madden but okay. i got torched by 40 points by this guy who just had the a legendary game with Dwayne Haskins oh, wow. as quarterback of the Washington Redskins. So when you run into those guys or gals that play mm-hmm. as those terrible teams, those are the people you need to look out for. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that one. The, I got to respect the player that, that that does do that. And, you know, right now it's Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I had this guy on the ropes every time dude that's the only thing i don't like i understand dude mahomes lamar jackson phenomenal players in real life and i understand that they can make some wild throws and they've done it i've seen it with my own eyes but in a gameplay status it is frustrating for them to have someone fourth and 17 for them to run sprint to the sideline and throw a dot to someone crossing the field like I understand that it happens, but it happens too consistently in these video games versions of them. But you could argue when I'm Dak Prescott, because I'm a Cowboys fan and I throw a pick, I guess it's just like the real thing. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I mean, in fourth quarter, I need to make a play and I throw a pick with Dak, which was very frustrating when I'm playing in my, there's like people that are not regulars. They go, man, it looks like the Cowboys. Very realistic gameplay for Cowboys. Like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, what I will say too, though, like if you have never been into Madden, you've never liked Madden, and you're wondering if this is your jumping in point, if this is your God of War 2018, no, it isn't. Like it, it's another Madden. Like if you didn't like the ones over the last couple of years, you're not gonna like this one. One thing that I would say that, and to argue that is once I didn't, I didn't get the next gen Madden for a while from the PlayStation mm-hmm. Five and Xbox One. It was refreshing to skip our year or two. And then play like, wow, these are some cool things. And then you have people who've been grinding like, we've had this game forever. This is the same old, same old. 
So maybe if you've been missing for a while, MIA, or you just got a console, I think you might enjoy it. I think yeah. the biggest bonus, though, Santi, for our online head-to-head -head folks is that it's cross-play. I think this is the first time ever that it's cross-play. First time ever. Yeah, first so time ever. it's so yeah. exciting to be able to find a game if you're on PC, and it's probably more exciting to probably play with other people, maybe if they're on different consoles. I haven't really dived into that because... Uh, a friend of mine who is an NFL player, an XFL player, Kurt Benker, he's like always wanting to create an online league. He's like, we need to get all these other content creators to do it. But Santi, uh, invitations open to you if you would like to join us. I haven't talked to Kurt in a while about that. But yeah, I've been playing Madden. But there's another game I've been playing, Santi, that I've been really enjoying. Oh, that's the sound. <laughs> of a chainsaw, dude. There's nothing about that. I, for those of you who don't know, uh, shout out to the people at uh, uh, a part of Terminal, which is a way for streamers and content creators to get stream keys and that sort. I was able to get one through the program, and I'm very, very excited about it. Sixes Chainsaw Massacre from Gun Interactive. Uh, I think it's Gun Interactive, which is the same people that made Friday the 13th, which is now debunked or donezo because of legal uh, litigation due to losing the license. So you can no longer buy or download that game. And I think the servers are close to being down or they may be down forever, but there are people playing it to this day. But Santi, I, I, I'm telling you, there is something special about asymmetrical multiplayers that I will always enjoy, and especially the idea of, you know, X versus Y, cops versus robbers, mm -hmm. family versus victims. It is just an exciting game that what Gun, uh, what the, the developer was able to do, I'm going to double check, I think it is Gun Interactive, what they were able to do is totally immerse yourself in the setting of the 70s movie of Texas Chainsaw, the organic vibe of it the the spookiness of the environment this the overall like it's appealing to the eyes no disrespect to people that love dead by daylight but that game does not look pretty at all and i'm not a big fan of dead by daylight because it's too gamified this one's more cinematic there's a little bit more into it like it, it really engrosses you into the world of the chainsaw massacre universe and then more importantly like i said the graphics really stand out because I wish I could get into Dead by Daylight, but when they say, announce Nicolas Cage as a victim, I'm like, dude, this is amazing. I love Nicolas Cage, one of my favorite actors. And then I see the graphics. It just takes me out of it. It's like there's just so much more that this game could do. And just to see it in side by side to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Dead by Daylight, and even though there's a variety of you know monsters and hunters and things of that sort, I have to give my tip the to the tip of the hat to Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the experience. Will it have the legs as Dead by Daylight? I don't know, but I had enjoyed a really, really I had a killer time with it, Santi. Oh, I really enjoyed watching your stream because you. I've been um I guess like wanting to potentially dip my toes into that world because I enjoyed Friday the thirteenth, but I loathed Dead by Daylight. Same. I, do you, you think, think something you didn't mention is like Dead by Daylight? Like it's all trolls, and yes. especially at this moment in time. Our topic after this will be intimidating games to get into. And that's a game that I, I want to highlight when we talk about that. But it's all trolls um, that just know the easiest way to do annoying things to grief you when you're playing. Um, but I digress. We can get to that point in a second. What I liked okay. about yeah. watching you play Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that there was a narrative in the game 
gameplay for both the survivors and the killer for mm -hmm. in places like in games like dead by daylight and also friday the 13th the narrative was really only for the survivors right right hey we gotta get uh tom to come in with the shotgun the right. cops blah, 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 all this yeah. stuff um but then with the texas chainsaw massacre i saw that one of your story progressions that you need to make in a round is to wake up grandpa yeah. and feed grandpa and yeah. i think that's so cool because if you're into the movie you know that like grandpa has a cult following yeah. as like he because he's the best to ever do it yeah. no one kills him like grandpa yeah. Yeah. go get her grandpa go <laughs> get her it's such a it's i love that yeah and that's what i love about this company i mean the developers nailed the vibe of friday the 13th you're right I, for me as the family there is certain objectives to do where you cannot if okay i played as a leatherface and i decided that's gonna be my main i love leatherface i love he's one of the most iconic horror figures of all time and i love scary movies by the way so leatherface he cannot leave the basement unless grandpa's awake and in order for grandpa to be awake somebody the victim has to accidentally walk by him or a family member from upstairs has to do something i'm not quite sure what they have to do but basically i am trapped in the basement until that happens until the victims progress the their objective so it's really fun being like this is my territory but it, there's nothing like having the ability to like even the smallest detail of okay i could have my chainsaw off and i could be stealth i could rev it up and intimidate people and run around with it if i have it fully charged up and have the uh, the chainsaw above my head it's a one strike blow and it goes into an execution so there's like a little bit of a nuance to the characters rather than like just walk up to them and hit them there's a little bit of specialness and every character has a different stamina or, or run speed and all those kinds of things come to the factor but it's really thrilling because when i was playing when you were watching me i played it twice i played it by myself and then i played it with another streamer on TikTok named mo strike who normally plays fortnite uh she never really she's like a sort of the people who are afraid of games she's doesn't like scary games but she enjoyed being the family because you're the one doing mm -hmm. the scaring so we i had a great time communicating with her she played someone else had different abilities my character leatherface could not crawl through the crawl spaces or the slits of the wall but her she was small enough and nimble enough to be able to flush someone out and then i would wrap around with leatherface and catch them and at the same time it's funny to see a victim like outplay us like i had fun when someone would out juke us or like one time, like I, I struck somebody, but unfortunately my chainsaw stalled out. They were passed out on the floor. And then before I could get it up, they walked up and they just ran down the street and I'm recreating that scene of like, you know, leather faces. <laughs> like, ah. But that's what I, I like about video games. To me, a good video game has to have those moments where like Santi. So I had the chainsaw all of a sudden, you know, it needs those water cooler moments to have that, excitement to it and i think texas chainsaw has it my concern though if is it going to last long i think learning the maps is a is a is a hurdle that people have to overcome it's a skill that you have to obtain and thinks once you learn the maps you understand how to play it there's already people santi that are pretty fast at sort of like getting out as a victim i mean I, there is a couple of perks that are pretty broken at the moment uh, but i think they're going to do a good job trying to balance that out I just think like the biggest plus for it all for Texas Chainsaw is that they're never going to lose the license. I think the, the the developer learned their lesson. I was going to ask you about that. Like, what's yeah. the likelihood that the uh, Friday the Thirteenth fiasco happens that again? Interactive. Um, they they adamantly um, the head of the the Gun Interactive saying like it's not going to happen. 
It's like that we have made a point where I guess they covered that base, so to speak. Because for those of you, like we mentioned already, Friday the 13th Santi had to be one of the most popular games on Twitch. It mm -hmm. was popular. And even though it lost its kind of like backing, they were doing updates. Jason had like a variety of outfits. You could I mean, be they started a whole uh, a type of game. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. Dead by Daylight type of asymmetrical gameplay yeah. didn't really exist up until Friday the 13th. Right. And what I enjoyed about it the most was like the proximity chat was very mm. well done. And you could be talking as Jason to the people and then people could talk to you. And you could be like, hey, wait. Where's the battery? Do you have? I don't have it. And then you're like, ah, yeah. Yeah. There's, so <laughs> there's still memes to this day. Have you seen the, the California yeah. girls meme yeah. happening from from Friday the Thirteenth? That game has such worth. a hardcore following, and if they can replicate one percent of that, then I do think that this game has legs. Uh, I think that there's. I think it's in a better position to be successful than Friday the Thirteenth was because although Friday the Thirteenth was the first in the space it had the struggle of having to make fans of that type of gameplay true there Good are point. now already millions of people that like this type of gameplay there are so many people that love dead by daylight and there's also a lot of people that are fed up with dead by daylight so this could be a refreshing uh a refreshing game for people to play that love this style of game so this 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 new release doesn't have to make fans out of the gameplay type it just needs to win people over to go over from other games that already exist in 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 that space agreed agreed just to be clear the developer is sumo digital the publisher is mm. gun interactive so it's it's kind of like the same the same uh wheelhouse as the ones we were talking about before but i agree like it does have some legs my concern is that how what makes Dead by Daylight so long-lasting is that it dips into a variety of franchises. And mm -hmm. and as a horror fan, I love that. And the only thing is, we'll get into it like you mentioned, like it's more intimidating, is you're right. It's just riddled with trolls. But that's what I've been playing. You, you told me you had lots of questions for Texas Chainsaw. I'm here for it. So you have any more? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like one of my questions was the nature of the asymmetrical gameplay because I know yeah. some people – are concerned about that like in terms of balancing issues mm -hmm. um like i think of of dead by daylight there's certain scenarios especially when the game first came out where like it just really was not balanced i'm curious from your short experience with it uh from the competitive side of things how balanced is it you mentioned there's already perks that are broken how broken are they and are they being exploited to the point where it's making it's making enough noise where they need to be changed um, I wouldn't say so. I mean, you know, when you're being a content creator, you're on social media a lot, you you look for clips or clips come to you for the algorithm. And I've seen someone like walk out the door like two minutes, something like that. Because usually a game match lasts like 15 to 20 minutes. At the same time, I'm not very experienced with the outer areas of maps. So like, I don't know how to turn on traps or stop where they're leaving. I'm Leatherface down in the basement. So I'm responsible for one door exit, which is in the basement. Um, I think when it comes to the competitiveness, it is very balanced. So like I mentioned, Leatherface can't go through slits mm -hmm. or he can't go through crawl spaces. But there are things that he can destroy to stop that. So if there's a crawl space, he could use his chainsaw to stop it. Or there's a place where people could crawl through a barbed wire, he could destroy it. The flip side is, though, is that it won't let his hitchhiker family member go through the same thing. Like 
you won't have that uh, ability as well. So there is a a check and, and ch uh, checks and balances throughout the entire game that I find it that's being very. Um, there's a term called called Yomi. So it's like you could read to what's happening in the situation. You could look at who you're going up against the family members, and you'd be like, okay, this person's going to do this. This person's going to do that. The same with the victims. They all have a variety of different skill sets. Some pick locks better. Uh, some heal, just like in Dead by mm -hmm. Daylight. Uh, I think what is very nice about Texas Chainsaw is the skill tree is not as intimidating as Dead by Daylight. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, playing that and be like, I don't understand this perk system. It's too crazy. But this one very simplifies it. You know, this thing, you get more damage. The family gets more this. And I've only played as a family. And, and I made a conscious choice of that. I said... If I'm going to, as a content creator, if I'm going to play a game that's not in my wheelhouse of multiplayer battle royale, I'm just going to be the one dude that, hey, when Sancho's playing Texas Chainsaw, he's going to be Leatherface. Just mm -hmm. to like, let me, as, as if I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this game, at least I know how to play Leatherface to a very strong competitive level. So that way I'm doing something because one match santi i don't know if you watched it because you i was streaming it yesterday i got four of them like right off, i got them all four like three right off the rip and that was like wow i'm getting better at playing his leather face because it's all about being hidden right until the last second revealing and they're like oh crap i can't get away from it because that dude he's 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 very terrifying i can't imagine how terrifying that game will be and What's a good bonus to it, Santi, is that Halloween's right around the corner, so this one's going to be the perfect. It's the I told uh, Mostrek who I was playing with, I was like, this is the perfect Halloween game, and it just feels so good to play. And what one more question for you? Like we talked a little bit about its comparisons to Dead by Daylight. Um, what do you think this game needs to do in the long term to win over the Dead by Daylight audience? Because there's a lot of people that are fed up with Dead by Daylight. What can this do to win them over? That's going to be tough because Dead by Daylight, its huge advantage is that it has flexibility. I think Texas Chainsaw does have an opportunity to lean more into the franchise. I mean, this is only based on Texas Chainsaw 1. There's so many other Texas Chainsaws out there that they could dip into, but I think licensing may be a problem. Like, I, for, I think if they could get Matthew McConaughey... Well, I was Texas gonna State. say, the right? Matthew, they could get he, Matthew, hates, he hates the existence of that movie. I right, don't know if you know that. Right. I mean, hey, man, hey, we understand you got to get paid, right? You had to get paid. <laughs> but if they could get Texas Chainsaw, or at least the character that he plays, right? Yeah. Get that McConaughey character in there. There's could be some legs, but you, I think if you are a fan of Texas Chainsaw, you're gonna love it more. And I think Dead by Daylight fans, in terms of just the asymmetrical multiplayer, would understand it. But I think they'll miss the basic gameplay of Dead by Daylight where you have things that you knock over and then the person can't run through, right? That little right. run, 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 throw, the flashlight, that type of things, the hook system. Because in Texas Chainsaw, dude, once you're gone, you're gone. There's no, oh, I got knocked and I'm going to get put on a hook and then I could wiggle myself out. You're dead. Like you, <laughs> Once you're gone, that's it. You're not coming back. Which I think is a big bonus to Texas Chainsaw because Dead by Daylight games. Is so, it's quicker games and it's so annoying. Mm -hmm. Dead by Daylight is so annoying. But I, I think like uh, to be in order to compete, keep leaning into Texas Chainsaw, provide new maps when you can, and just listen to the community when it comes to balancing to the point where if you see someone and someone's like literally running out the back door in like two minutes, then you got to look at that. At the same time, like if I'm one-shotting people easily, because I'm already looking on YouTube and there's like 
strong damage builds for Johnny. It's just it's the nature of gaming these days, right? We're I'm calling the kettle black again. Like we content creators, if I find something that's going to get views, I'm going to post it, right? For sure, absolutely. For sure. I would love for them. Um, they won't do it, but I think it'd be hilarious if they did an AEW Dynamite Arena as a map. <laughs> I was making that joke. I was like, "Yo, I'm the I'm the guy from AEW here running around. Yeah. I'm all in. I'm all elite. <laughs> I'm all elite." But it's cool because uh, to unlock uh, uh, Leatherface's alternate outfits, you just gotta play as Leatherface twenty times. That's not bad. Yeah, dude, that's not bad at all. I love, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that about it. And so for those of you out there who are maybe interested, who maybe have the budget to do this. I think it's worth dipping your toe in. It is available on Game Pass. So that's a huge W for your mm -hmm. Xbox out there. Download it. I think it's a definitely must download to play. Um, it does have microphones and things of that sort. I uh, I never use that for myself as a, as a streamer. I don't use it. But I had a blast playing with my friend on Discord. So I highly recommend it in that aspect. It's a very intimate game compared to Friday the 13th. It's not sprawling. But right. the, the game itself has a lot of mazy type corridor door things but it's very organic it doesn't feel like i'm in a video game maze like right the, you're not in the pac-man maze right, like what a, sometimes dead by deadlight feels right, like right and it feels like so cheesy but this one is like i'm in a cattle shoot and that makes sense for the cattle shoot to have a lot of gates and doors and pathways and things of that sort in a slaughterhouse it totally makes sense so there's things like that that just whoever designed these maps they did a really good job and if you play this game on max settings, like uh, for, like I'm fortunately able to on my PC, it looks good. And it's very gory. Surprisingly. Well, not surprisingly, but it is gory in a good, like, B-movie way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one ex there's one execution that I have with Leatherface where he does multiple slices, and then he just revs the chainsaw and just shoves someone, like, right into it. I'm like, dude. Oh, Yeah. That's I they, saw that one. If I they do more one. of that kind of stuff, if they expand the animations, it that it'll keep me engaged into it. Like I uh, really lean into the gore, but not, it's like it's not like it's just bloody. This it, you yeah. know what I mean? There's not like guts or anything like that, but it's just yeah, can, can you wear the faces of the people oh, you kill yet? See, that'd be wild. That'd, that'd be, be wild. awesome. Not not yet though. Okay, one last thing. Yeah. Um, what's your preference on this when it comes to uh controller or mouse and keyboard? I played on mouse and keys. I, I you know surprisingly as someone that loves to play on controller for almost everything, uh when it comes to just PC games, I love playing on mouse and keys simply because it's pretty it's you gotta be able to catch people because when it comes to these these asymmetrical games where 100 it's all about angles especially in melee base so if i'm going to swipe at someone and i miss I, I flick that mouse and just try to get that down when um it plays very well though in wasd uh, type controllers i'm sure it plays well in controller as well um but there's a lot of mini games throughout it and they're not as complex as uh, yeah. dead by daylight there's just like literally hold a and it'll do whatever it needs to do tap it but from what i've seen the lock picking could be quite difficult for victims uh that may take a while but the whole <laughs> for me as a family member i love baiting people into trying to go go ahead go ahead pick that lock i'll be right around the corner then to try to, to catch you it's, it's just fun man it's just something that i i genuinely so happy that i was able to tell myself just play it don't mm -hmm. be afraid not to play it um as a broken video gamer, just play it and see where it goes. And it's been, it's funny because my, my mother, now that I moved back to Texas, my mom watches my streams a little bit more. And she's like, I saw you play that chainsaw game. 
and it looks like you're having fun. And I was like, I, you know, I am, you know, I'm having genuine fun. Not to say like Fortnite's not fun for me, but sometimes Fortnite can be lab laborious considering that I, my job is to make content from that. Yeah, they, and I think ultimately, like, I can tell when, when you were playing it that you were enjoying it as opposed to, okay, going through the motions. Like, I, I could just tell that you were having fun with your friend. You guys yeah. were laughing. You guys were freaking out at the same things. Like, yeah. I miss that type of thing, um, like that those types of organic reactions right. uh, as a content creator because sometimes you have to put yourself synthetically and inorganically in those positions to make good content but it seemed like y'all were being put in those positions uh naturally and organically and like yeah you guys had like really genuine fun reactions uh, thank you i would say though it, your reaction to son <laughs> to was it escobar coming out and and not and so <laughs> classic dude Oh man! I, I yeah. sat there and I was like, "Santi, you're a master." Your I, you know that you know became exactly. a meme, right? I know I, that's why I, I, I become I knew, a meme as a content creator. I knew exactly when I saw that. I was like, "That's gonna be a meme" because it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. The same thing with the John Cena reaction. But I appreciate those kind words about it. But yeah, man, uh, thumbs up to Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Good. I, I I like hearing thumbs up for licensed games because for a long time, licensed games were, you know, a I, don't... I guess a, a naughty word, a taboo term in game in games, and I think uh, ever since Batman: Arkham Asylum, um, we have been seeking more licensed games that have been that gets that get treated with tender love and care. And it looks like Texas Chainsaw Massacre falls in that category. Pitch Black, uh, Escape from Pirate Bay, the Michael the Vin Diesel movie, that was mm -hmm. a dope licensed game. That was pretty solid. It was. Uh, whoa, what was Triple X? Was not bad. Okay. No way, not Triple X. Sorry, um, Chronicles of Riddick is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That one's a solid game. Solid, solid game. game. Solid game. Yeah. Uh, okay, Santi. So, do you want to go on your topic, or do you want to? You what? Because oh, I, I mean, let's go into into my topic right, since we ahead. kind of talked a little bit about the inaccessibility of yes. Dead by Daylight, especially if you're a brand new player. So, Sancho, my topic is intimidating video games. All yeah. right. And I don't necessarily, and that this could be a subjective thing, right? Maybe they're intimidating to you because um, they're too, maybe they're too difficult. Maybe mm -hmm. a Souls game, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're too intimidating because there's already people that have been playing it for years and it's a multiplayer game. Maybe it's too vast. Maybe it's an MMO or maybe you just don't know where to start with a, with certain types of games like a Destiny 2. And yes. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Like for you specifically as Mr. Sancho West, what do you identify for yourself to be an intimidating game and what do you put into that category? Oh, when it comes to intimidating games and I, the, the thing is like, I feel like I'm, I've already said this phrase so much today, this podcast, but when, as a streamer, since I am in front and center, right, I have an audience to entertain. I am very intimidated in games where I look stupid in a sense of like, it, Dude, it, I, like got, I gotta <laughs> add to this soon. Keep going, but I gotta like, add to this soon. Like, I don't want to look stupid as a gamer because I get distracted so easily when I'm streaming that I forget like a simple tutorial or I may have skipped something or I don't read the lore. I don't understand that narrating or like, you know what I mean? And yeah. cause I'm entertaining. So what ends up happening is something happens. And then like minute later, I'm like, chat. And I'll say something like, wasn't that guy dead? And then they're like, <laughs> dude, did you just miss the cutscene where he just came back to life? 
Um, but any of those kind of factors to that. But before I move from a point, what do you want to piggyback to that? Well, for that, for me, is first-person horror puzzle games. I, I'm, I'm not talking just like a first-person horror game, right. like a Resident Evil 8 like Outlast, or talking about Outlast Alien or Isolation. I'm talking, there's a game like, um, what was that game that I just played? Madison, where it's a game where all you have is a, camera. Is a Polaroid camera. Yeah. And, and seriously, man, like... It, they're very scary and i don't mind scary games but Me the either. problem is is that like if you miss something so basic like oh how did you not know that you were supposed to take a picture of the grandpa's casket and use that picture to open up the monastery yeah. in the basement idiot like <laughs> i and uh horror puzzle games are riddled with puzzles that to me make no sense but for some reason to the chat they just make sense and i'm the only one that's the idiot in the room <laughs> while a couple of hundred people are like use the family photo to open up the bank vault what does that mean that i i had to i had to get that out of me because i run into that every time i play a first person horror game and then it also doesn't help that you're usually being chased by something so you've got this disorienting right. nature and the fact that it's first person and more often than not it's made by an indie developer that hasn't gotten physics right and you're getting stuck on things first person horror puzzle games to me are like tip of the list tip of the top when it comes to the, the most intimidating games for me okay yeah i do i'm up there with you i think there's just a greater pressure to perform in front of uh, other people i mean i guess if you're not a streamer out there and you're, li you're a listener or a viewer you may say that streaming may be intimidating to you because these sure. are the things that we face as streamers where we run into the, even the games that we love that we know i think gameplay wise what i'm very intimidated as a gamer you mentioned it is destiny 2. it's just something about the raid that sounds so intimidating and I think what it is, is relying on getting together four or five people in a place and to commit to something for hours yeah. and trying to solve that for hours and to understand that it's about the journey and not the end. But for most death and correct me if I'm wrong, Destiny 2, Guardians, Guardians, aren't you just fighting a boss at the end that just has a lot of health? Isn't that just that what, what waits at the end of the tunnel? It's just maybe some better gear, right? Like, that's what I – I may be weirded out, but maybe I'm simplifying it to the point. But if the entire puzzle and, like, I have to do this on the hour and I have to be standing here and I have to be shooting this when the wind is facing west, not east. <laughs> if I go through all those kind of hoops just to get to the end where there's, like, a boss that – okay, guys, when the boss is red blinking, don't shoot it directly – or you're gonna have a problem. Be sure you get your kinetic ammo for this part. And I know that feels more like a raid or a, like a dungeon, like that's what it's mimicking. But for me, as someone who plays Destiny PvP a lot, and I loved it, what was intimidating for me was, oh, you wanna play the Trials of Osiris? You need to play the PvE to get better gear, rank up the gear, spend all time grinding the PvE, do this raid. Bringing that gear into the PvP so you compete in the Trials of Osiris or whatever. And I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have the time to play the PvE when I just want to grind the PvP. And you're telling me that the weapons that I have 
are trash now because there was a new raid that came out that did unlock the house of glass or whatever and I, all that kind of stuff is mad intimidating and i know there's youtube channels galore santi that break down the lore that like help me out with everything but that just to me it sounds like an elective course elective in gaming if this was a university that i am not down for to spend it's like learning latin to me yeah and and one of the problems that i have with getting into destiny 2 because i've never played it and and it's the same problem that i had in the early days of world of warcraft is the question of where do i start i'm looking at world of warcraft like there's wrath of the lich king there is um i don't know like the the, the land of pandoria like there's right. so many expansion packs and then now we have the same thing with destiny 2 where there's like I swear there seems to be like seven versions of Destiny 2 that have come out since. Mm -hmm. Where do I start? Where do I begin? The A game, it seems highly intimidating to me when it feels like I need a Mount Everest Sherpa to be able to get around and maneuver and know where to go. Because I've had so many friends who are like, well, you don't even need to do the like campaigns. You can just do this thing and then you're automatically max level. It's like, yeah, but like, imagine if i'm a 16 year old kid and you're like well you don't need to do like your driving lessons here just just jump into the f1 race in monaco you'll be fine like that's not that's not a comforting thought to just be automatically being put into end game material when i know that there is so much other stuff that i was supposed to do in order to like you said understand the lore understand the game and really truly get invested so when i look at something like destiny 2 I'm immediately turned off by it. Then there's the type of game that intimidates me because of gameplay. For a long time, it was the Souls games, but eventually I dove in head first and I forced myself. And if it wasn't because I was a streamer, I would have never done it. And mm -hmm. it was streaming that forced me into it. And I'm very happy that I did. But to this day, the one gameplay-based game that is just too intimidating to me is Counter-Strike. And it's because there are no crutches in counter-strike i can get into valorant because if i'm not amazing at point click shooting i've got abilities there's mm. things i can do in counter-strike if you are good at clicking heads you're you're useless right. you're useless you shouldn't even bother playing the game because there is a culture of people that have now been playing it for 20 plus years since counter-strike source there's people like Shroud that have really literally been conceived in the womb playing Counter-Strike. And those are the people that are still playing to this day. That culture of, hey, and I respect Counter-Strike players. I That's fantastic. The fact that you are so good at this game is highly impressive. But at least, you know, when I play like a Call of Duty, a Halo, I can get out of a situation by simply having more than enough health to be able to turn a corner. Counter-Strike, that's not the case. Have you have you dabbled in the Counter-Strike recently or ever? No, I never dabbled in it. And it's because you have to rely on the generosity of the many, of the majority of Counter-Strike. And the more and more you play that, you find that some people are not generous. And if you make a mistake, they will call you out on it. And they don't make it fun. And it's not just singling out CSGO here, but it's a majority of multiplayers that have toxicity. Now, some very level of toxicity where you, like you mentioned, Call of Duty and Halo, yes, there's toxicity that exists there, but you could kind of blow past that. But because CSGO, you need to learn 
a lot of things, not just recoil patterns, not just, hey, you need to stop and shoot, not just angles, flash grenade or grenade points, toss angles, map awareness, bomb placement, covering place. Like there's so many things to learn that I feel that unless you don't have a Sherpa, it could be very intimidating to be able to complete that. Now, don't get me wrong. I know how to click and shoot anything if I work on it. I'm a big fan of Valorant and the gunplay in Valorant that I could hold up to, I could hold a can't like I could compete, but where it gets intimidating for me for those kinds of games, it's it's, it's high stakes, it's round based, it's long, it's grueling. A game just literally could last thirty to forty minutes if you're going back to forth and you go up to like twelve to twelve, thirteen to thirteen. You're talking about big commitment, and I think what's the most intimidating, and I I sympathize. I think the most I've ever seen from Valorant is like when uh, a girl streamer it runs into like the worst of the worst, right? And it's the same thing you see in, in, in gaming today. But I feel that in Valorant, unless you are ready to meet that level of toxicity, then you're you're never going to enjoy not only the intimidation of the game itself. And that's what I don't like about some things. Like, I was intimidated by Overwatch. And Overwatch, you would think, like, dude, that's just a fun game. It's because of if I am playing Cassidy... And I'm not getting enough high noon eliminations. There's someone to not call me out on it. Well, yes, someone to call me out on it, but not in a helpful way. Like, right. hey, man, you're Cassidy. Next time, maybe flank here. There's a good spot right here. Because I would do as much as I can to watch videos, to understand how to play Cassidy. Yeah. And I'll do my my, my homework. But, but you're I, a noob. You're a stupid noob. Right. That's what I mean. It's like, dude, I'm yeah. doing my best. I'm trying. I'm not trying to throw. I would listen if there was a good leader um, on my team. Uh, I'm getting the most damage I can. I don't know how I'm failing you. In, like I don't know the minutia of it. But I think multiplayer experiences to put in CSGO, Valorant, and Overwatch that are team-based. You know, t toss in League of Le Legends. League of there. Legends, Dota, like all those kinds of games that involve communication with teammates i think are very intimidating in today's games and i i really do believe it's because the lack of impatience or the lack of patience from player bases could be the reason why i mean granted there are pockets of people that are good there are pockets of people that will teach and mm -hmm, be a sherpa mm -hmm. but those are far and few in between and oftentimes i find people like oh i wish i could play x game but i don't have anyone to play with Right. And that's the same for me. I wish I could stream Valorant, but I don't have a stack of three. I don't have a five or six, whatever, two, whatever yeah. is the best way to play. I don't have that, so I just choose not to play it. It, it sounds actually, now that uh, you mention a bunch of these games, and I think the one thing that they all have in common is that the the level of intimidation comes in when you are capable of potentially being the weak link. Right. True. When I think when I think of a game like Escape from Tarkov, there's no weak link. It's just you. It's just you going into and it's intimidating in a type of different type of way in like yeah. like inventory management. But anyone at any moment could jump in and learn Tarkov at their own pace. There is no learning Counter Strike or Valorant or League of Legends at your own pace. It's it's too many trial smurfs. by fire yeah. right off the get go. And there's too many Smurfs. So even yes. if you oh, want yeah. to play bronze, there's like a dude that's been there forever that's just trolling. That's the problem. That's like even you want to try to learn the same way. Because like, okay, not to switch points, but you mentioned to me, is Fortnite these days hard to get into? 
Mm -hmm. And I would say it's absolutely one of the easiest games to get into because the use of the AI system for the enemies, you will feel like you're doing something, even though you know, maybe in the back of your mind, that that's a bot. At least you got 10 E-limbs and you got a virtual royale. And you're like, dude, this is great. It, it, it teaches you organically so you could play a solo, you could play duos, you could play trios, you could play squads. And there's so many mechanics in that game that allow you to stay alive. So say you're playing in squads, you go down, your teammate most likely will bring you back in a reboot. Because that's just the Fortnite community and the game incentivizes you to bring your back your teammate, even though you may be garbajo. Just by you being alive on your feet gives your team an opportunity to compete. So I think Fortnite has a good example of a multiplayer game that, yes, it's a battle royale, but you still have the ability to – it's less intimidating than, say, a Warzone, less intimidating than an Apex Legends because there's less you have to learn, in, in especially zero-build Fortnite. Builds may be even very intimidating, but zero-build Fortnite, not intimidating. Gotcha. Uh, I, I think we we can move on from this topic, but the last game that I'll mention, because I think this is intimidating only to me, and yeah. it's in my head, and it's purely because of the narrative that this game had when I was younger, when it was coming out, okay. is to this day, I'm, I still don't want to try Manhunt, because I oh. remember <laughs> all of the stories. This is the most violent game ever. This is going to make you into Jeffrey Dahmer. How how dare they allow this game into our, into our culture and and that has stuck with me in the same way that maybe like if you if you were to eat chinese food yeah. from a certain place and you get it and you and you get food poisoning you know that yeah. might have been a one-off but like you don't want to go back to that place ever again and i feel like that that news narrative that there was behind manhunt and manhunt 2 has soured me so much on the idea that i might end up becoming john wayne gacy from playing these games my thing is lunchables i ate a lunchable when i was in first grade threw up immediately never ruined. Ate, never ate a lunchable even though it's like a staple thing for parents to buy it I did buy my kid a Lunchable because she was like, oh, I could build my own pizza. I'm like, yeah. all right. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Your funeral, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but Manhunt, I just remember um, one of the weapons was a plastic bag. And you just walk up yeah. behind people like, wham, and you would just do that. Manhunt is, I would say it's very, it's not as, I don't know, dude. It's not as gory as games are these days because the graphics are so dated. Mm -hmm. I think it's just more of the the gameplay like the way you play it and the what the way you're like i feel like your innocent people are the 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 objective mm -hmm. versus like mm -hmm. which is weird to say because we literally i was talking about taste on chicks chainsaw massacre and i'm like ring, 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 and i'm like and i'm like hey, they came to your property yeah you they, are you, hey, it's right. Texas. stand your ground law yeah, that's right <laughs> it's just so funny and what's also i'm going back to that real quick the voice lines or that are so fun on the family like just to hear them talking uh, but yeah, those are the last thing I want to talk about for intimidating games. The reason why, just to put a pin in it, because we were talking about earlier, Dead by Daylight. The reason why that game's intimidating is the tree, the the skill tree is deep. The people that play it like to troll. They don't play the objective the way the game was designed. The game is sometimes very, the maps are very gamified in the way that it looks. And even though they have my favorite horror victims or franchises, I just wish there was just a game for that person, mm -hmm. like. Give me a Michael Myers game, please. If they, if if Gun Interactive made a Michael Myers game, just like Texas Chainsaw, oh my 
goodness, dude. Yeah. With the music, the, the environment, the houses. It, imagine a game. Imagine the Freddy Krueger game. Yes. Where you can force one of the victims to fall asleep, and now the gameplay changes to a sleep world where Freddy has way more flexibility and power to do things. That would be... Yeah, there's so many cool things that you can do. And I think the Scream franchise has yes. a great opportunity to make a fun game in there. And that's the uh, sad part, dude. Is that all... you can make because sorry, because for yeah. Scream you can just make it rated M Among Us, right? right. Like that was the original Among Us Scream, right. right? And that's the big thing about it is like you would know that most of these games or, or those franchises are stuck with Dead by Daylight. Yeah, so it bums me out. All right, my topic here, Santi, is it's. I'm gonna give it a credit to the, the people at Reddit. The people at Reddit. This is a, 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 a one of the fun things to do is what I like to do, and this was from R Gaming, and it is things that you wish that old in old traditional video games would just go away. Things that bother you. So I kind of okay. perused the comics, uh, the comic section, and I found a list of things, and I'm just gonna ping back and forth now. They may, they may be, uh, it may be a little bit of double dipping the things that we are find intimidating, but I think these are after reviewing and hearing our discussion, these are just tropes that I think they just need to go away. All right. First one right off the rip. I think it's going to be pretty obvious. If you had to guess, Santi, what would be a gaming old gaming trope that people just want to go away immediately? Oh, if you just had a guess, there's no wrong answers. I just want to hear your first breath of it. I wish it was gone. Oh man, uh, the first thing old in single player in single player. Oh, oh, okay. In in single player games, probably long winded tutorials for me. Oh, that's close. That's on the list, but it's the number one thing that was on the top of art gaming is escort missions. Escort oh yeah, missions. that's number one. <laughs> that's number one. I will ha just quickly point out: long winded tutorials are getting less long winded, except Nintendo. The Pikmin 4 tutorial was like five hours. Anyways. <laughs> escort missions, I feel kind of Rockstar gets away with escort missions a lot because they do a lot of character story. It's sure. fun sitting there listening to the, the characters. The same thing with uh, Last of Us. There's the characters are talking while the scene's loading, whatever. For me, when it comes to escort missions, I don't like it if this in AI needs to survive. Those are the worst because you know that AI is not programmed correctly to avoid danger. They can be literally standing in a fire pit and they're just standing there like, dude, get out of the fire pit. You're going to die. And they just stick with it. But yes, number one, escort missions. Number two, not being able to sprint in a safe area. Oh, oh, that is. Oh, now that we, when you point those out, yeah. they are annoying. Yeah. Things. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, it, it, it's not quite the same thing, but it kind of, I think it's analogous to it. Uh, when you're forced to walk at the same pace as the AI during a game, a maneuverable cutscene where right. like you, but like you have control of the character, yeah. but you have to be next to the AI yeah. to have that conversation and you have to walk at their pace. <laughs> yeah. I despise that. You're like ready to head and it goes, where'd you go? You have to turn back. You're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, I was talking to you. Where'd you go? And then you're like trying to entertain yourself. You're like looking at the dog on the floor, looking yeah. at the shop and see like, what's this AI doing? And yeah, it's like constantly like you're, you're tethered to them you're tethered to them or if you like you walk into 
like a safe area like they're saying like a town and you have to walk through the town versus like all right i know where to go just let me sprint through this thing and i don't want to deal with it i do get the the hilarity of the concept of okay you're in a town you're safe there's regular people here and then you just see your character just sprinting <laughs> through the town through people's houses and stuff right. and all the ai like i'm just imagining them as like real humans be like the hell is wrong with that guy <laughs> but i get it dude i was playing final fantasy 16 and you're in one of the town holds yeah and you have to walk through it and i'm like imagine <laughs> sprinting through that town and just the the, the poor fruit merchant be like what is, exactly. what is this guy doing let me do that i got places to be <laughs> i know that there's a world that needs to save it here's the next one stamina usage outside of combat so like in, for sprinting sprinting climbing rolling when you're not in combat so if you're going to point a to point b and you have to sprint to it there is a gauge for sprinting stamina i guess but usually those games have a mechanic where you can spend skill points to increase that so um i Yes, I'm I'm a bit more okay with that than okay. some of the other ones. One thing I have discovered that I dislike recently, and this is kind of an offshoot to it, is racing games where I have to drive to the race. I don't mm. enjoy that. I know mm. I could probably fast travel there, but if I have to drive as if I'm in traffic to a race point, I hate that. I hate it. Just, just like I'm trying to put this into like real world context and how hilarious of a complaint that actually is, though. Dude, but it's true in a game that's annoying. I don't want to deal with it. It's like I don't want to drive to if I want to do something, I don't want to do that. All right, here's the next one. If there's a waterfall and nothing is behind it, oh, there, yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's sacrilege. There needs to be stuff behind it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and, and yeah, yeah, I guess that's a like, do you, I don't know. Like, I don't I can't think of a game where there is a waterfall and there's nothing been nothing behind it. It's always there's always been something back there. Fortnite has some waterfalls with nothing behind it. Really? You I think, think that's it, a perfect place for for a chest. Exactly. A, a yeah, chest, it's an easy one. A, a secret Peely. I don't know anything. <laughs> Right, here's Eric, I'm, I know you've gotten more there, but I, now it's in the top of my head, so I need to add one. Hit one, hit um, me, hit me. Because I talked about this during Baldur's Gate and how it doesn't have this fetch quests. Fetch quests that are, okay. Fetch quests that are progress, like needed for progression. If you were going to make me do a fetch quest for a side quest, fine. But do you, for me to move the story along, I don't want to bring you 50 rabbit pelts. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to go and completely murder an entire family, an entire platoon of of rabbits for me to be able to get the next story progression cut. I think it's called a hutch, a hutch of rabbits. A hutch of rabbits. I oh, think, interesting. I, I don't know. What is a oh, plural of rabbits? Now, there's your question for the uh, for comments for, down below. for those listeners. Comments, comments down, down below. below, please let us know what is the thing. I get those fetch. It's like, hey man, the world's crumbling, but I want you to fetch me 15 bowling balls and that will be delivered. There was the worst, the most egregious fetch quest of all time, and I think anyone that's played this game knows because they even fixed it in the remastered version. Is the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker? It's like you've gone through everything. Yeah. All right. 
final boss time. Okay, but first you have to collect all 30 shards of the Triforce first. Oh no. That are scattered all over the map. Uh, and, and you have to do like everything from win an auction uh, the way to like defeating like a really long dungeon to fishing and these are everywhere everywhere um wow. it was so bad that the that the remake on the wii u actually completely simplified the process of collecting the but the fact that that was right before the final boss man that's quest suck ganondorf's behind them here's another one if your game has mandatory stealth sections but the mechanic isn't as deep as splinter cell mm. so it's like a, like an action game but hey now you're in a building and you have to go through stealth, and it's not that great. The mechanics. Can you think of an example of that? I can't. Uh, dude, you're thinking like pre. Like I know, like I, I'm thinking of like, for example, like Call of Duty, the mission, Call of Duty form, the mission wet work. There's a bit of stealth in it, to some degree. Um, but usually, a lot of those non-stealth games that ask you to do stealth. Usually, for the most part, they're pretty good. That if you screw up the stealth, all right, whatever, guns are blazing. Okay, that's but then there's about, yeah, there's some that are Auto. bad where like oh, mission's over. Yeah, that's one thing. Like Grand Theft Auto is kind of notorious of that, and I still think everyone out there. And this is a hot topic. This is a hot take here. Grand Theft Auto has some of the worst gunplay of all time. It's one of the worst, and I don't know why Grand Theft Auto gets a pass for this gunplay. It's too simplistic. I talked about Rockstar and Red Dead, but. The gunplay of Grand Theft Auto is terrible, and their stealth missions are not that great. It, I think what this user is saying is, if your game is not designed, yeah. isn't if that's not champion, you better have some decent mechanics for it. And I think what what comes to mind is very cheap AI with stealth missions. If and they said this in the Reddit in the Reddit thread, but if someone sees you, that means everybody in the area knows right. exactly where you are, and they pinpoint to you. I think Metal Gear 5 does a great job of, like, if one person sees you, and only in the vicinity that people could understand you, and if alarm goes off, that just means they're high alert or something uh, well, of that sort. Um, well, with Metal Gear Solid 5 and, and newer Metal Gear games, what was cool is that even if one person spots you, uh, they changed it so that um, that person is going to run away and use their radio to alert the area. Right. So, you, But, yeah, like the original Metal Gear games, yeah, like the entire area, the entire portion of that section of the map knows that you're there. Um, actually, it's funny that you bring up Metal Gear. It's... It, it, this is kind of like the reverse version of this because Metal Gear Solid is a stealth game, but there is a portion of Metal Gear Solid 4. Mm -hmm. The final boss of Metal Gear Solid 4. Sancho, have you ever played Metal Gear Solid 4? No. Okay, the, uh, the final boss of Metal Gear Solid 4 is a Mortal Kombat fight. It goes from being a, a stealth game to a side-by-side Tekken-style Mortal Kombat fist-to-fist -fist fight with Liquid Snake. That sounds and, and, hype, and though. I'm not going to lie. It is hype. It is mm. so hype. And what's so crazy is that they completely changed the mechanics to all of a sudden give you a kick button that wasn't there before to punching with your left, punching with your right. But, of course, it's not uh, designed for that. But that was a game that did it fairly interestingly. All right, hang on. You you keep going. I'll I keep still going. got you in headset, but this dog's going crazy. No, I got you. I got you for your listeners at home. Santi has a, a sweet little weird dog named Dwayne. He's going to go ahead and check on something. But while wow, it's just you and me, people out there, one of the things is here is item denigration. 
I do not like item denigration. I'm sorry. I don't like it when my sword breaks. And that's one of the things I did not like of Breath of the Wild. If I find something sick and it breaks within two shots, I'm upset. I worked really hard. I don't want to find another one. I don't want to bind another one. I don't want to repair it. I don't want to take it to a blacksmith. I know this is the way it's done in the olden times, but item denigration alongside with being encumbered are just annoying things that I have to deal with. They're chory things. They're chores. They're laborsome. That's the second time I, uh, I said laborious and laborsome today. I, I, I just don't enjoy that kind of a thing in gameplay, especially Baldur's Gate. Is it? Is it? it does it have that item denigration or no? Okay, good. No. No, no, no. And and one of the the unexpected problems uh, that I don't think that developers really take into consideration with item uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Okay, um, is that or all decoration. of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden now I'm not using the weapons I want to use because I don't want to break it. Yep. And I think that's lame. I think that's super lame. Like if I find a cool item. I should be incentivized to want to use it to en to enhance my experience as opposed to in the back of my head. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to use it to kill these mobs because I don't want to break it. So I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this stick instead. And then you don't even fight them. You just run past them because you don't want to mm -hmm. deal with it. All right. Here's the last one here that I'm going to hang on. You mentioned another one in there, yes. um, like encumbrance, like yeah. being don't too do heavy to walk and skyrim and fallout were like the worst for that oregon trail was mine i <laughs> would have the skills to get a thousand pounds of meat but i could only carry back 200 nah i'm going back and forth if i got a thousand pounds of meat and i am going across this great nation of america i am not going to leave that meat behind that is wrong for me that is not how it's supposed to work but yes preach it terrible Here's the last thing that I want to have from this list here. And shout out to the people at Gaming. You're the best for giving me this idea. The last thing that I don't enjoy are spongy things. When games have a shooting mechanic and your characters are sponges. I don't like it. There's like mm. division is the biggest thing that I dislike Division's about that. Where this firefighter dude for some reason takes 1,500 headshots. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care if he has like a thousand damage and my headshot does a hundred it shouldn't be that way realistically if a headshot head it should do some damage like i don't mind two three times headshots but once i get crossed into like a like i'm full spraying you in that dome and you're not going down it's mad annoying and at the same time to, to piggyback off of that is when you increase a, a difficulty in a video game the same thing this is from the reddit says how playing on a harder difficulty instantly gives the enemy more health and that's all it is yeah that that, that to me that is just because these things that used to be one shot are now 50 shots that doesn't make it hard it just makes it more annoying you can just yeah, increase the annoying difficulty I'm, I'm willing to forgive you know it's easier for me to die all yes. right okay all right like i have to now be more careful i can't just run out there and be a sponge but yeah it's it's lame when they make the enemy the sponge and and that's their their idea of difficulty progression. That that actually is mega lame. Mega lame. Okay, chat. I'm gonna call you chat because this is the way. That... <laughs> <laughs> we're probably gonna end up doing this live one day, so I gotta get used to it. The last thing is, but we're not all negative here. All right, 
I'm gonna leave with one positive gaming trope that you enjoy. I have one already. But shout outs to the whole gaming trope of I'm about to fight a boss. Let me give you all the health that we can. Shout outs mm. to that. That mm. lets me know as a gamer, I'm about to walk into a boss and it lets me settle down a little bit. Maybe I'll go get a cup of water. Maybe I'll get some snacks. I get all my health potions or whatever. And I'm like, all right, we're in for a battle for at least 20 minutes because it could be the opposite where he just throws you into a boss battle and you're like, your checkpoint is 10 minutes prior in the gameplay and you have nothing in it and you're going to have to go through the whole level. That I don't like. But what I do like is the health right before the boss. That is, yeah. I hope that never goes away. Never. That is, that's mega handy. I'll add one in there as well. Uh, it's weird that I say this because I've said that I don't like open world games, but there's something oddly satisfying about the open world games and Ubisoft games do this really, really well. Um, I love Discovery Towers. When, like the map, yeah. Yeah, I love unlocking the map. And because I'm somebody that doesn't, if those weren't around, I wouldn't explore. But right. they force me to explore and actually um encounter things organically because i'm gunning for that tower yeah. uh to this day i still don't think that a game has done it as well or as interesting and as artistically fantastic as the saboteur because that was a game where um, for those that don't know the game it, you played in nazi occupied france and if you liberated an area that you would reveal the map and the game was actually in black and white but then once you liberated that area, uh, it went to full color. I oh, thought that was brilliant. Super, super neat way of doing it. Nice. A Horizon Zero Dawn comes to mind. You climb up the the, mm -hmm. the robot giraffe looking thing. I, someone knows. Comment down below. Let me know what it is. And then it, it does this whole sweeping. Then, yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah, the OG was definitely um, Assassin's Creed. And right. then getting to jump from the tower into yeah. the hay. Oh, good stuff. It's a good, like natural break to the game like, all yeah, right yeah, yeah i unlocked it i jumped in the hay i'm gonna go get some it's all about snacks all right i'm gonna go get some snacks uh santi any more annoying things or positive things for game Thrones before we wrap up episode six of the checkpoint amigos i think this is a a, a problem with modern gaming because mm -hmm. uh loading screens aren't a thing anymore no, no, no. but they they're still games that have a one second loading screen that are putting help helpful tips in the loading screen that doesn't last. It'll be like one second. I'm like, I don't even have time to read that. That was like a paragraph. I don't know if it was important. Was it important lore? Because now the SSDs, you don't need loading screens. They last one second, but I don't know if maybe they gave me important information in there. On the flip side, they could be very generic tips. Yes. Very generic tips because they understand it's like press A to jump. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's the one thing that we've lost because one of the things that we've lost because of uh, no loading screens are Twitter breaks right in between yeah. in between, uh, you know, you scrolling X now or, or 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 whatever the kids are calling it these days. Uh, but yeah, no loading screens suck anyway. So I do miss booklets. That's where that was my thing. Mm -hmm. No loading screen needed. Just give me an instruction booklet. Ah. Oh. We could talk about the other podcasts of the things that we miss from games. But, amigos out there, that is episode six. Thank you so much for joining us again. We are on all your favorite podcast services. And we are on YouTube's Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Santi, where can people find you as always? 
let's go to twitch.tv slash Santi's app. That's what I want to pimp out. But uh, of course, anything Santi's app or Mr. Santi's app. And you could always find me at Sancho West. Let's give let's give my TikTok some love. Let's give my TikTok some love. And thank you all so much for enjoying episode six. And this has been the Checkpoint Amigos, the pod for the gaming people. Peace. Adios. Later.